it's a, uh, a new year, and a lot of times you may plot out, or at least I do, and this is the way I seem to think about a new year, I kind of plot out some big goals that I have, big things that I want to do. We call them resolutions, call them goals, whatever you want to call them. Um, and by about, I don't know, the end of January, <laughs> most of those things are off track, at least they are for me. Um, but I want to give you uh, something that, as much as you may have these big accomplishments in your mind, I think the biggest accomplishments are made and done by doing just the simple things. I think sometimes we overcomplicate things. We want to we want to shoot for the moon, but sometimes we just need to do the simple things. I mean, think about it this way: I, if you're trying to lose weight, you know how to, you know how to lose weight. I can tell you, there's everybody in this brotherhood got some bad diet, they've got some pill you need to take, they need to, they, they tell you all these little special things. You know what's you know the best way to lose weight? The same way it's always happened. Stop eating and move your body a little bit. You do those things, guarantee you you're going to lose some weight. But if you know how much time it takes, you don't do that over a weekend and then eat what you want to the next week. What do you got to do? You got to do it. And you got to do it again, and you got to keep doing it. And I know this from personal experience, because my goodness, it's hard. But you got to do the simple things, and that goes for anything you want to do that's big and, and, a, and a big accomplishment. If you wanted to, to build a house, you don't just snap your fingers and that thing pop up. No, you have to work little bits at a time, lay that foundation, make sure it's graded right, put the the framework up. You got to do these these are small, simple things in themselves, but all of these things come together. I'll give you one more. I have to tell my boys this. Graduating from college means doing the simple things, like go to class, turn in the assignments that are supposed to be done. You can't graduate by hoping so. You have to do the work. And it's simple. It's everyday kind of stuff. I tell you all that because as much as we want to, to change the world in one big step, it's really more of a slow, steady commitment to do the things that are right. And growing in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ is absolutely no different. In fact, it's exactly the same way. That is how you grow in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to show you this at the backdrop of the book of James, particularly in chapter 1. But I want to propose to you three resolutions, excuse me, three resolutions that every Christian to make this morning. Every Christian I'll be making these three, three very simple resolutions. And when I tell you these resolutions, I'm almost embarrassed to tell them to you because they're so simple and they're so basic. But you know why I have to tell you simple, basic things? Because we don't do them. That's why we need to tell these people about it. Let me tell you about these. I want to begin in verse 5 of James chapter 1. I want you to see this. James chapter 1, he says in verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. He says in verse 5 that all we need to do is when we need something, we just need to ask the Lord for it. We just need to ask the Lord for it. You know what the first resolution every Christian needs to have? We need to talk to God a little bit more than we do. We just need to talk to Him. In fact, over in James chapter 4, you can turn there if you'd like to, but in in James chapter 4, verse 1, 2, and 3, in verse 1, he's talking to these Christian folks and he's saying, y'all are fighting a whole lot. You're you're up, you're on each other's throat. You're really upset with each other. He says, you're willing to actually tear each other apart. 
And he says, the reason you don't have what you want, the reason you're so upset with each other, is because you want something and you don't have it because you won't even ask God for it. He says in verse 2, you have not because you ask not. What we instead seek to do is really what James is talking to these people in, in chapter 4 about. He says, we want something, we need something, but instead of literally getting on our knees and having this simple conversation with the God who is, in verse 5, James chapter 1, verse 5, who is liberal with his gifts, instead of having that simple conversation, you know what we do? We fight and we fuss and we scrape and we moan and we complain and we talk to everybody and we complain and we, we work our fingers to the bone and we work so hard when we have God himself available to us we have not because we ask not. I will say we make so many moves. I can't say we. Because I don't know about y'all, but I know about me. I make so many moves in my life, decisions, choices in my life without ever consulting the God that I say I worship. Now, you say you worship God. Don't you think you might want to check on His opinion on what you're about to do? We ought to be doing these things. And what happens is when things go wrong, go down to verse 13. Go to, this is James chapter 1. Go to verse 13. He says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither neither tempted he any man. He says there, what we want to do is when things go off the rails, we want to blame God. God, why didn't you see this coming? God, why didn't you get me out of this way? What, God, why did you make this happen? He says, that wasn't God's fault. In fact, go to the next verse, verse 14. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. It's your fault. You did what you wanted to do. Instead of getting on your knees and saying, God, what do you want me to do? You know what we did? What's in my heart? I just followed my heart. My heart wanted to do it, so I did it. We act on our own desires, and the result in verse 15 tells me that when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. The end result of my decisions based on my opinions, based on what I want to do, I can tell you right now, the Bible's made it plain that the end result is always going to be death and destruction. But if I will, verse 5, go all the way back to verse 5, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. He gives to all men liberally. Let's stop this madness, folks. Okay, Matthew, y'all ain't with me. Matthew! Stop this foolishness. Stop doing what you want to do. And start talking to God a little bit more. In fact, let's just commit. Would y'all commit? I'm going to encourage you to make a commitment this morning to the Lord, to between you and the Lord. Make a commitment to just pray more in 2022. Do what David did in Psalm 142. Pour out your complaint before the Lord. Just say, God, this is what I got. Sometimes we... You know, sometimes we just, um, I think God just don't want to hear my mess, you know? But no, He does. He actually does. Pour out your complaint before Him. As Jesus says in Matthew 6, 11, just ask Him for your day. Give us this day our daily bread. Just ask Him for what you need every day. Seek His direction on your choices, as we just read in James 1, verse 5. When you need some wisdom and you don't know what to do, you don't know how to do it, just say, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. Can I just stop right here and just tell you something about prayer? Because I think some of y'all, when you hear the word prayer, you're thinking, oh, 
Father who art in heaven. And you kept going down this hole. You know you need to talk to God. Hey, God, I need some help right now. I think you got this thing wrong. God, yes, he's, we need to respect him. He's, he's, he needs to be feared. He is God. I understand all that. But he is your father. When I call up my daddy, T.J. Tilly, I can guarantee you when I call him, I just tell him what's on my mind. Sometimes he'd rather not hear what's on my mind, but I tell him what's on my mind, and he just talks to me. Because me and my father, me and my dad have a good relationship. We're human with each other. I can talk to my heavenly father who cares for me more than my earthly father. My earthly father loves me. I can tell you that right now. But my heavenly father cares for me more. So when I pray to him, it is not some big ordeal. It's just, God, I need some help. God, I'm thinking about this issue. I'm hurting in this way. It's causing me to cry. I'm having a relationship that's not working right. I'm having a help. Whatever it is, talk to him about it. Just talk to him. Because as James chapter 1 and verse 17 says, that every good and every perfect gift is from above. If you're going to have anything good, rather, if you have anything good, as they just say, thank you, Lord, for all the blessings you've given to me. Everything that you have that's good comes from God. Let's just talk to him about it. Let's just talk to him about it. Now, as with most, most, most resolutions, you better have a plan to follow through on this stuff. We say, yep, I'm going to do that, and then go out of here and forget it. Now, I want to I stop you right now. I want you, I want you to have a plan for this. Let me give you some, some practical, practical things to do here. First of all, you might need to build some prayer time into your daily schedule. Just seriously, you don't have to do this. You may say, well, well, I don't have to pray at a certain time. And I know that. I just told you it has to be formal. But sometimes if you don't plan it, it ain't going to happen. I can tell you, I have in my mind I'd like to go on a date with my wife on a regular basis. But you know what? I can't remember the last time we did that. I'm being honest with you. You know why? We don't have it built into our schedule. That's the problem. Same thing with praying to the Lord. If you don't have it built into your schedule, you know what you're going to talk to? You know when you're going to talk to God? <laughs> when you're flat on your face and you don't know what else to do. That's when the only time you're going to talk to God. But if you will get to the place where you schedule some time in, you do it whenever it works for you. The Bible doesn't tell me a particular time is the best time. The psalmist seems to indicate that he gets up early and does it, so that's a fine time. Some of you, because of your job or because of the way your body works, doing it at night works better for you. Maybe stopping in the middle of the day at lunch to do it. But you need to schedule some time. Are you with me on that? You've got to find some time and say, that's when I'm going to talk to God. Even if it's for two minutes, I'm going to talk to Him. I'm going to, before I go ahead and get on with my day, before I brush my teeth, before I put my clothes on, I'm just going to say, Lord, I need to help. Need your help. One of the things I personally find helpful, and I, I've tried to do this, and it's, it's my, my way of scheduling it, maybe the laziest thing you've ever heard a preacher tell you, but I'm going to tell you what I do. It, it always happens just about every day, about about before I before I get out of the bed, I lay there for about two or three minutes, just thinking about what's about to happen. I have some times I'm dreading it, sometimes I'm excited about it, but I'm just laying there. And I decided that's the time I'm just talking to the Lord about what's coming up today. And that's just, I know, I'm laying down, I'm half asleep, but that's the time I schedule. I'm just trying to get you to see, you've got to schedule some time to do this. Second of all, you might want to go ahead and get your little list together. I think sometimes we're not praying about things because we forget about it. I don't forget about stuff. We get 
this little list. You've got one in your bulletin today. Got a bunch of names on it. I think some of y'all, you just have a name there, and you might, if you know that person, you go, oh yeah, that thing. You might just want to write out beside it what it is you want to pray about that person. It may be what's on that, while they're on that list, it might be something else altogether. But the point is, you might want to write some of these things down. Because if you write it down, you're more likely to remember it, and you can pull out the list out and pray about it. You also, I think, need to find some opportunities to pray. I think we miss some really good opportunities. If you drive to a, a workplace, whether it's an office or a, a factory floor or wherever, or, or, or a school or wherever you're going, if you have a commute every day, that's a really good time to pray. Now, you don't have to close your eyes, by the way. Keep your eyes open. You drive it. Keep your eyes open. But you can talk to the Lord. Just like if he was sitting in the passenger seat with you. Talk to him. Have a conversation with him. Which is another part of it. As much as I just told you, schedule some time. The other part of prayer is it, it should just be part of how you live your life. Having conversations with the Lord ought to happen all the time. And you say, well, I, that's hard for me. And I understand. If you're not praying at all, that may not be where you are. But I just want you to see that God will talk to you anytime, anywhere. But you just need to go ahead and take this little bit of time aside. Schedule some time. Say, I'm going to talk to the Lord this time. And then find opportunities throughout the day to just go ahead and lift up, lift up to the Lord. You may say, well, I've already prayed about everything. So have you just talked to the Lord? So let me just ask you this. If I were to go home to my wife and the only conversations I had with her was when I needed something. Hey, Vanessa, would you wash the dishes? Vanessa, would you, would you go do this for me? Would you, Vanessa, would you fix some supper? Vanessa, would you, would you help me with this thing? Vanessa, would you do... If that's all I had, first of all, she'd slap me. Okay, she, she wouldn't put up with it. I don't know if y'all know Vanessa. She's just not one of them kind of people. She doesn't take orders very well. She just doesn't. But if that's the only—I mean, I don't care how well natured you are—if that's the only conversation you had, that's just not an interesting relationship. Sometimes I talk to her just about how things are going, what's on my mind. Sometimes she wishes I'd ask about what's on my mind. But that's, that's the kind of stuff you need to talk to the Lord about. If it's on your mind, you know who's also concerned about it. We talked about this Wednesday night, by the way. You know who else is concerned about what's on your mind? Your Heavenly Father. You just need to lift it up to Him and say, Lord, I've got this situation at work, and you know this guy's he's, he's, he's messing with me, and I, I think he's working against me. I don't know what to do about it, but I'm just trying to figure this thing out. I just want to talk to you about it a little bit, Lord. I think the Lord would like to hear that. I want you to go ahead and talk to him about that. Let me give you one more before we go to the next point. I want, I want to encourage you, especially if you have children that are still at home, and I don't care if they're 25 years old, but they're still living at your house. I don't care how old they are. If you've got children still living at home, I would encourage you, I would strongly encourage you to take a moment before everybody goes to bed and just pray together. It may not be the most complicated prayer. It can be whatever you want to pray about. But just take a minute. And I, I've done this with our children. Uh, Vanessa reminded me last night, in fact, I was trying to think about this. And she said, we haven't prayed with the kids in a while. I said, yeah, I've got to do that. i to tell them to do it, so I should be doing it. So, but we've been doing this for a while. Where we go to take the kids to bed. We pray by in one room. We say, let's pray. And we just pray about what's on our mind. And we put everybody to bed, and we go on and do what we've got to do. I just want to encourage you. If you've got, especially if you've got young children, but even as they get a little older, you keep praying with them. It's a good practice to try to do that every day if you're able to do so. Resolution number one, let's talk to the Lord a little bit more. Are you all with me on that? Resolution number two, let's listen to God even more. 
Let's listen to God even more. Uh, go to chapter 1 and verse 19. This begins the, the kind of the core of our text that I was talking about here. He says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. He's saying that it's a good idea to, it's a good idea to, to talk to the Lord. It's a very good idea to talk to the Lord. Absolutely. You should talk to the Lord. But you might want to just listen to Him every now and again. In fact, more often than you're talking to Him, you might want to listen to Him. Because all things being equal, what God's got to say is a whole lot more important than what you've got to say. We need to be swift to hear and slow to speak. In fact, go to verse 20. Chapter 1, verse 20. He says there, Remember, he just said, be swift to hear and slow to speak. But he says in verse 20, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. It's it's kind of an odd turn of phrase that we don't usually use this language today, but it's the idea that you can get as worked up as you want to. You can't change anything. You ever thought about that? Especially some of you that have a temper. You get real mad. You punch a wall. Now, how much of that situation did you just fix? Think about it. You ain't done nothing but break your wrist. That's all you've done. You can't change. You can get as mad as you want to. You can get as worked up as you want to. I can stand up here and do jumping jacks if I want to. But what I do doesn't change anything. You know who changes something? Keep reading. Verse, the next verse. Verse 25. Excuse me. Verse 21. He says, Therefore, wherefore, lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness. Here's the word. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, the word of God, which is able to save your soul. You can get up as worked up as you want to. You can go into a fury. You can try to change the world, but you can't do anything. God's word can do everything. God's word changes things. You go to Genesis chapter one and verse one. There's nothing. And then God speaks, and there's a world. That's the kind of word that our God has. That's the kind of power that our God has. His world-creating power. Remember over there in James chapter 4, I was talking about these people that were fighting. In verse 2, he says, you have not because you ask not. But then he says in verse 3, that he says, when you do ask, you ask amiss. He says, your prayers are misfiring. Prayers are hitting on the wrong cylinders. You know why that is? It's because the prayers that we're offering up, and this happens to me, and I imagine happens to you, you're praying to God, well, God, why is the answer? Why don't you deal with this situation? What are you doing here? Why can't you do something? You know what I think a lot of times we're doing? We're praying the wrong prayer. We're praying based on the wrong information. Can I just put it to you this way? God, the Bible tells us in a, in a place where it says that, that He answers according to His will, that He, anything that's according to His will, He will answer that. And you may say, well, I want to know what the will of God is. You have 66 books of the will of God right here. If it's in this book, and it's presented to you as true and true, it is God's will. I, I'm not dogmatic on a whole lot. I'm not going to get too worked up on a whole lot, but I will go to my grave believing that what's in this book is absolutely God's will. He doesn't say things half-hearted. He says it, he believes it. And when God believes it, it's going to be done. And I say all that to say, you want to have a better prayer life? 
get into this book, have your prayer ground in the Scripture, have it flow from the Scripture, know the character of God, understand who God is, understand what's important to Him, and then let your prayers flow from that, it'll change things. It changes things. We won't be in this position where we're asking a myth. So we need to commit to listen to God's voice a whole lot more in 2022. God's words are the words of life, Paul writes in Philippians 2.15. He goes on in Philippians chapter 4 to say that His words give us peace beyond understanding. And you can't get that from me and you just blathering on and on and on. Where do we get that from? By reading His words and letting our prayers flow from that responding to the truth of God's Word. As he writes in Philippians 4.8 that His words are true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable and excellent and praiseworthy. You're not going to get that anywhere else in the whole wide world. You can't find that kind of truth anywhere. God's will is always, or rather God's Word is always God's will. So we need to follow through on that commitment, don't we? We want to do that. Let's say, I'm going to say, oh, yes, Matthew, I'm ready to commit to read God's Word more. Let's follow through on that a little bit. Let's do that. First thing I want to encourage you to do is read something from the Scripture every day. Something. You may say, well, I, just, I can only read, I can't read a whole, you know, what they go through the Bible plan, you know, we have to read three or four chapters. I'm not asking you to read three or four chapters. Let's say, read something. Find a verse. Find a phrase in a verse. But open up the Word of God or open up the app on your phone, whatever you've got to do to get a copy of God's Word in front of your face and look at it for a minute or two. Let it sink into your mind and meditate on that. And again, whether that's a verse or a passage or a chapter or a bunch of chapters, whatever it is, I'm not trying to give you a minimum amount or rather, uh, yeah, minimum amount. I'm just saying, get something in your mind. Get something in your mind. But then, furthermore, make sure you get some kind of a plan to engage it. Just like I was with prayer. You know, just pray all the time. Yes, but don't just assume it's going to happen. You got to make a plan. You got to go for it. You got to make a plan for this. And I think the next slide shows this. Can you show that slide? There it is. I don't know if y'all can read all that, but I want you to understand this. If somebody's done the math, if you were to spend 12 minutes a day reading the Bible, you will read through the entire Bible in in a year. 12 minutes a day. I know y'all waste more time on Facebook and Instagram and all those other, Twitter, whatever, all those other things. And you say, well, I don't have any of those. Well, you're better than the rest of them. Okay. You waste more time watching television. You waste more time reading the newspaper. I'm just trying to get you to see 12 minutes a day is not that much time. I don't want to say that. I'll go on. Uh, y'all spend 12 minutes doing all kinds of stuff, and then you know I'm, you know I'm right. So 12 minutes a day is not that difficult. And that's to read through the whole Bible. You could even spend... Read through there. Three minutes a day on the New Testament, you'll read through in a year. Uh, you want to spend a minute a day, it'll take you two years, but you'll get through it. 
The point is, just spend some time in the Word. You're going to read the Bible, but the point is, I want you to get a plan about that. If you want to be through the Bible plan, again, you could do it. You don't have to, you don't have to do it in a year. You say, well, I'm a slow reader. That's fine. I understand. Some of us don't read at the same pace as others. That's fine. Get you one that reads it through in five years. You've got the rest of your life to get to know the Lord. Don't feel like you've got to get it done all in 2022, but do it a little bit every day. Do you see that? Do you understand that? You've got to do this a little bit every day. Every day. There's a lot of different, different plans out there. If you need one, uh, I'm glad to point you some directions. Um, I think we're going to get something put up on the... Oh, there's, there's a couple there. Uh, those, those are just links that you can go to. You can't hyperlink you have to type that down. But, but the point is, you go to those things and there's a bunch of reading plans, different ones, whatever works for you. That last one, Bible.com, if you've got the version Bible app, most of y'all have this, it's Y-O-U version. That's what this is, and they have a gazillion. I mean, literally, you could read through the Bible, you could read through a book, you could study a passage, you could study a concept, you could read something for seven days and go to something else. There's all kinds of different ways. But the point is, I'm trying to get you to see. Are you with me on this? Get a plan. Don't assume this is going to happen. You've got to get a plan, and then it will happen when you get that plan. I also want to encourage you, I think I put these down here, I want to encourage you to get you some tools to, to study the Bible. Now, I want to make sure, I, I, I want to make sure you understand that I'm, I'm starting small, and then we're going a little bit bigger. And you say, well, Matthew, I don't even open the Bible. Well, if you can turn me off now for just a minute, come back in about three minutes. But I'm just saying, get in the Bible, read the Bible. But if you're reading the Bible and you want to really engage with it, I want to get you, encourage you to get some tools. One tool that I have that I really enjoy, this little hardback Bible right here, this is a Bible, and it's called a Journal of the Word Bible. And I'm not, I make no money off of these, so I'm not trying to sell you one. Uh, if you want one, go ahead and buy you one. Not for me, because I don't sell them. But um, what, what they have, what's so cool about them, and you can kind of see it on that picture there, but you've got the text in the middle of the book, and on the edges you've got these huge margins, and you can write stuff in there. And what, that, what I like about that, and again, not everybody's brain works the same, and this is not like a requirement, but just something that may be helpful to you, is if you're reading something along there, and you may say, that really speaks to me, let me write something out there. Maybe it's something you want to pray to the Lord about. Maybe it's something that really encouraged you. Maybe it's some way that, that really helps you understand it a little bit better. Whatever that is, just write engage with it. This is the Word of God. God, the, 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 the eternal, everlasting, all-powerful, omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent God, wrote some words down for you. I'm asking you first, just read it. Second thing I'm asking you to do is maybe just think about it a little bit. Third thing I'm asking you to do is once you think about it, maybe engage with it a little bit. Write some things down. Think about it a little bit deeper. That's what I'm encouraging you to do. Another, another good tool would be a study Bible. This is a humongous one. But uh, this is just a study Bible. It's got some notes at the bottom. Tells you a little bit about it. Those are all great tools. If you don't have one, I've got some recommendations I can offer to you, but the point I want you to do is give you some tools to engage with it. Last thing is to supplement your Bible reading. Now, at the end of the day, there's nothing that will beat opening up this Word, reading the plain words of God, and meditating on them. That's job one. If you're not doing that, you can ignore the rest of everything else I'm telling you. You need to do that. 
This other stuff just simply helps it get in a little deeper into your heart. That's all it's doing. But the other thing you might want to do is supplement this with some other things. Good music. I like to listen to podcasts and sermon podcasts. These are a couple of examples here. I listen to uh, Valleydale Church down in um, in uh, Alabama where uh, Matt Brunson's the pastor. I love to listen to that man's preaching. So I listen to him at least uh, once a week every new time he gets a new sermon. Uh, Tiffany Church up in Philadelphia. Uh, I like Dr. Dr. Mason. I really enjoy his preaching. So I mean, these are different people that you can listen to. Again, you don't have to like who I like. You like who you like. That's fine. But the point is, these guys are giving the additional perspective on the Scripture to get it into your mind. Get into it. But again, it doesn't have to be preaching. It might be music. You might like really good gospel music that really helps you think about the, the truths of Scripture. These are good things. Other, other reading, maybe it's books that you like to read. Some of y'all are real readers. Pick up another book and let it help you explain. All I'm trying to get you to do is we're supposed to listen to the Lord more. Remember this? That's the whole point of what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to give you some plans, some tactics for how you might do that. So I want to encourage you. The point of this is to get you into the truth and the reality of God's Word. Resolution number three. Resolution number three. We want to obey God in everything that He tells us to do. I want you to look at me in this passage. This is in James chapter 1. We pick up in verse 22. He says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. When you hear something, especially when you hear it from the God of the universe, you are now responsible for it. It's not enough simply to hear on hear it. I remember when I was growing up, my mama would tell me to do something, and she would say, Matthew, did you hear me? And I said, of course I heard you. Well, why aren't you doing something about it? I just told you to do something, you need to do it. So hearing me ain't enough. I've got to act on that. He says, if you don't, if you're just hearing and you're not doing, verse 22, he says, you're deceiving yourself. You're just lying to yourself. He goes on to say in verse 23 that if you're a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straight forth forgetteth what manner of man he is. He says, you're actually, if you are hearing God's Word and not doing anything about it, you're like a fellow that looks in the mirror, sees this stuff all over his face and says, and then walks away. You're ignoring the truth. You're ignoring what's there. And let me get you dope real good, because this one got mine. Look what he says in verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. If you will open up the words of Scripture, hear what it says, and not obey it, you can tell me you're a good, godly Christian, you can tell me you're a good church member, you can tell me that you love the Lord, but the Bible says you are lying. I didn't say it, the Bible says it. That gets me off head, doesn't it? But I just want you to know that's what the scripture is saying. That your religion is fake. If you do hear if you hear the words of God and you do not follow through. In fact, in verse 25, this is the verse I want you to see here. He says, Whoso looketh into the law of liberty, this is you read the scripture, and you continue it there, and you keep reading it, and you and you do what it says, 
You're not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. If you do what God's Word says, look at what He says there. Y'all read this. I've got it underlined in my Bible. Won't y'all do the same? This man shall be blessed in his deeds. This is where the blessings of God start. It doesn't mean that you're going to be rich and famous. It doesn't mean that you're going to have everything go your way. It doesn't mean that you're never going to have any pain and suffering. But it does mean if you do it God's way, the right way, and God's way, it's always going to end the right way. It's always going to go to the right place. Along the way, it's going to get bumpy because that's the way the world is that we live in. But that is always going to end the right way. That's going to mean that we're going to have to follow through on that commitment. Work out our own salvation, as he says in Philippians 2.12. We've got to do something. That means we have to read the Scripture, understand it, but not just for learning, but to understand it so that we can do it. And when the Lord makes it plain to us, we need to go ahead and make a commitment this morning. Lord, if you make it plain to me, I'm going to do it. I've told the Lord that myself about as much as I can. I've tried this to do this. I'm not perfect in this, but this is something I have tried to make a commitment. Lord, if you will make it plain where I'm supposed to go, what I'm supposed to do, I will go in that way. But if you, Lord, don't go with me, I'm quoting Moses in Matthew's way. Moses says, if you don't go with me, Lord, I don't want to go. But if you'll go and you'll tell me that's where to go, I'm right there. I'm following behind you. That means we're going to have to, as James says in James 4, 7, that to get closer to God. We're going to draw, draw nigh to Him. He'll draw nigh to us. But it also means we're going to push away the devil. We're going to have to resist the devil. In order to obey everything God tells us to do, I'm going to tell you it's going to take the first two commitments. You're going to have to talk to God some more because it's not going to be easy. And sometimes you're not going to understand exactly what He said. Can you tell me that again? What did you say, Lord? You've got to get back in the Word and listen to it again. But I will tell you, if you will talk to the Lord and you will listen to what He says and then commit to obeying it, He promised, verse 25, this man, this person, this woman, this person will be blessed in His deeds. I want to encourage you to commit to doing what the Lord makes clear to you to do. That's my invitation to you. In fact, won't y'all go ahead and stand? We're going to be invited. You're going to be invited. Invited to at the beginning of 2022 to make a commitment to the Lord to do everything He tells you to do, to talk to Him more, to listen to Him more. Will you do that? Don't make it to me, but make it to the Lord. Lord, please move among your people. Encourage them to respond. I pray, God, that there will be people that commit to you in this coming year. We pray this in Jesus' name.